the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We are at the dawn of a new year, which, given the shortness of the hour, requires a new and even more vigorous commitment to truth. We will discuss that here next on the Glenn Beck Program. Winding down 2022 and 2023 looms. My name is Steve Dace. We are the Steve Dace Show. We typically are noon to two Eastern right after Glenn Beck right here on Blaze TV. You can go subscribe to our podcast if you are unfamiliar with us. Um, You'll see uh, the last two episodes we did are year in review episodes. You get a pretty good taste of who we are and what we do. I'm alongside my partners uh, with that show. Totters and Aaron McIntyre both here early on a Christmas break morning. Gentlemen, it is good to see. It's been about a week. Everybody have a great Christmas. Everything go well with the Ears and family time? Christmas was fantastic. That's really great. To, good. Great to hear. Aaron, how about you? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, a lot of downtime, uh, getting caught up on some uh, TV shows and spending a lot of time with my uh, 16-month-old. So, you know, we're at the stage now with our family. I'm going to be 50 next year, if you can believe that. I'm going to be 50 next year. So we married our oldest off this year. We've got a senior in high school as well. Um, our youngest, uh, I took him to his uh, his orientation for his first job yesterday. He'll have a car in a few months. So, you know, we've got husbands now and boyfriends and girlfriends. And you get to that age where you're not sure with commitments and everything else, who's going to be together and what. And we were just very blessed for everybody to be able to get together and make it convenient for all parties involved on every side. And we had an absolutely terrific Christmas, man. I mean, I, I mean, I just could not be more blessed. I mean, I mean, kind of praise the Lord stuff. And when you get to this age, you're like, just can't ask for much more than that. That's where I'm at. But you also start looking at the clock is ticking, both when you hit an age like 50, but then when you also understand the signs of the times of where we are culturally right now in the West and here in the United States in particular. So what I wanted to do this morning, because those of you that uh, follow our, our podcast or subscribe to Blaze TV, you're not going to hear from us again together until Monday, January 9th. That's our first day back. So this morning, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take these three hours offered to us on the Glenn Beck radio program, and, and, and I want to take a crowbar to the Overton window. I, I want to smash, we've seen a lot of iconoclastic smashing of stained glass windows in our era. Traditions, legacies, heritage. We've seen a lot of the tearing down of what we believe and what made America exceptional. For the next three hours, I want to smash some shibboleths of the damned for a change. Next hour, yesterday, actually, no, it was last week. I just saw it yesterday. Last week, a very important event, I think, happened in alternative media. Right before Christmas, Ben Shapiro, who probably rivals 
I mean, if Ben, if Ben doesn't have the largest overall platform on the American right, he is certainly at least in the elite tier with Glenn Beck and our, and our buddy Dan Bongino. I mean, those three probably are in their own tier for the largest overall platforms on the American right. Fair? Yes. Yeah. Right before Christmas, Ben interviewed a gentleman I've had the pleasure to get to know over the last couple of years, Dr. Robert Malone, who is one of the original architects, patenters of mRNA technology. Robert Malone had just had his account restored to Twitter by Elon Musk. He tweeted five minutes ago, quote, 20 deaths per million doses, uh, 60 million deaths per million boosted people with three doses. The official death rate of COVID is about 100 per million primary infections, and a majority, up to 90% of those, are policy deaths, not COVID deaths. And the jabs are more dangerous than COVID. For Ben Shapiro to lend his platform to Robert Malone, whom people like us have been lending a platform to for the last couple of years, yes, trying to sound the show far about these poisonous jabs. They are poisonous. They are dangerous. For people like Ben Shapiro to now use his platform, it, it'd be very easy for us to sit here this morning and say, hey, where were you the last couple of years? The reality is this isn't about us. This is about saving lives and reproductive systems. That's what it's about. I had, I had a little birdie uh, that we quoted, Todd, in our number one best-selling book last year, Fauci and Bargain, that was part of our composite character in our deep throat chapter, I guess we'll call it. Sure. He called me yesterday. He said, Steve, a bunny of mine went to the doctor this afternoon with like a horseshoe-sized blood clot. And the doctor said, in 15 years of practice, I'd never seen anything like this until recently. You're my eighth one. You're my eighth one. We have to save lives here and reproductive systems from this depopulation scheme, from this evil. We have to stop these shots. So if we're at the point now that Ben Shapiro is willing to listen to the Dr. Robert Malone's of the world, and I think we actually have to take a crowbar to that Overton window, and we've got to push it open even further now. So next hour, we're going to talk to somebody who was previously, like Robert Malone, verboten. We, you weren't permitted to talk to. But there are lives at stake, so we're going to do it next hour on this show. In the third hour, we have to get serious as a society about accountability. These evils will continue without punishment. There must be a reckoning on multiple fronts, not just where the shots and COVID are concerned, with politics on the American right, it's too late now. Too late to dawdle. When I started doing this, I did my first news talk show on the great 50,000 watt blowtorch, WHO in Des Moines. In August of 2002, I was 29 years old. I just turned 29. That was the first time I did a news talk show. The stuff we're doing and talking about now in 2022, 20 years later, I would have never conjured within the bowels of my depraved imagination as speculative fodder for a talk show. And yet here we are way beyond 
the stuff people like Rush and Glenn warned for decades. If we let them do blank, it will mean we will go to blank. We're doing all those things now, if not running over and past and through all those stop signs now. The reason we on the right say things like politics flows downstream from culture is because on the right it does. Because we are represented by such fecklessness and weakness that out here in the cheap seats, we've got to terraform culture basically to get any action politically to follow that. We've got to make it so safe and so obvious for any, almost anybody with an R after their name to finally act. They don't have that problem on the left. Whether it's the hard, hard, hard left and a guy shows up with a little red book and says, we're going to do things differently around here. Whole culture changes overnight. Whether it's the technocratic left that we have now, word groomer, bad. It's not gun control anymore. It's gun violence. Just Orwellian changing languages. Men have periods. Not, women aren't the only ones that have uteruses. Birthing persons, just snap of the finger like a Thanos snap. And culture changes as a result. There is one place on the American right, by the way, where it does work that way, Florida. In Florida, there you have a governor who governs as if he's a member of the left, meaning he just follows Lyndon Johnson's axiom. Power is where power goes. He exercises power. And now the Florida culture, the the country that 20 years ago gave us hanging chads. Broward County was a verb and an adjective. Now it's to... It's harder red and deeper red than Texas. It might be the deepest red state in the union. The same state that Ron DeSantis won by less than 40,000 votes that over 50 years of presidential elections was decided by an average of two and a half points. You could make a case. It is the reddest state in America right now. He hasn't been inaugurated yet for a second term. Why? Because he has wielded power. Been successful at it. And now culture in Florida has changed. But for us here on the right, for every Ron DeSantis we have or my, my good buddy Congressman Chip Roy from the great state of Texas who's up there trying to play the role of the, of the monk Telemachus who stopped the, the, the gladiator games in the Coliseum. He's up there in Congress. Everybody went home for Christmas. Chip is just in an empty congressional chamber yelling, please, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, like Telemachus said, stop what you're doing here. This is terrible. He's a voice crying out in the wilderness. For every one of those we have, We are represented by, shall I say, legions of backstabbers. Not stupid. Backstabbers. And so there must be accountability. It must be a reckoning. I don't know anybody who does accountability more than my buddy and colleague here at Blaze TV, Daniel Horowitz. So he's going to join us for hour three. But my worldview says that judgment has to begin in the house of God first, that we have to look at the plank in our own eyes before we call out the speck of dust in somebody else's. So in this opening hour of the show, I think we have to challenge ourselves to see if we are up to the challenge that awaits in this new year. We'll discuss that some more here in a moment. My pillow finally has their original my slippers back in stock. It was close to a national crisis for all those who are working from home now. So don't miss this opportunity to get Mike's number one bestseller while supplies last. My slippers. 
They now come in a ton of additional sizes and new colors. And when you use my promo code BECK, you're going to save $90 a pair. That means they're $49.98 per pair. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design. You're not going to find that in any other slipper. The patented layers make the slippers ultra comfortable and extremely durable. They'll help relieve the stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. Get your 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to save 90 bucks on the original My Slippers, $49.98 a pair. And while you're there, check out all the other products you've heard me rave about, from pillows to sheets to slippers. They got it all. Promo code BECK, 800-966-3117, MyPillow.com. Back here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program, we are the Steve Day Show. That is me, Steve Dace, Totters, and Aaron McIntyre filling in here this morning for Glenn Beck. So we are going to take the crowbar to the Overton window on the program today. We're going to talk about trialsandexecution.com, and we're going to smash some shibboleths of the damned. But we got to make sure we're prepared for what comes next. Now, I say this. Wanting to acknowledge up front, this might be the most successfully deployed and engaged audience in modern American media history. I mean, the amount of goodwill, commitment, activism, compassion, generosity that comes out of Glenn's audience is extraordinary. I mean, I, I've benefited from it myself. I'm going to come out with a movie next year called Nefarious where I think we've accomplished something. We have, we have, we have actually done a right-wing horror movie. <laughs> Could it be done? We set out to do it. Um, there's no way that movie happens without the exposure that Glenn gave that book that it's based on, A Nefarious Plot, without the amount of you that heard that interview and went out and bought that book and raised its profile. So um, the fact I have a show at The Blaze, the fact The Blaze even exists is a testimony to the successful deployment of this audience. So I think we need to recognize that from the outset. We're not, we're not talking to your typical audience on the right. I'm just, you know, I'm working all day, go home, watch Fox News all night, vote Republican and to save America. And oops, I did it again. It didn't work, right? The, this audience, you guys know better. But we're going to need a little more. That clearly has not been enough. This, this, this morning, there's 1% of you. And when Glenn is here, there's at least 10 million people that listen to this show every week. Let's say with Glenn not here, and what are we? There's the B team, what are we? The K team, the L team, the N team, okay? Um, let's say that that number's cut in half. And there's 5 million people that are going to listen this week. 10% of 5 million would be 500,000. 1% would be 50,000. There are over 80 countries in this world that don't have a standing army of 50,000. Over 80. That is a significant amount of people. By the way, how many states do we have? 50. I mean, imagine we just had 1,000 more people running for state legislature, pestering their state legislature, running for school board, pestering their school board. 
committing to say, no, we will not comply. No, this will not stand. No, we will not return. No, we will not be governed by this. We will practice the time-honored Judeo-Christian tradition of civil disobedience. That would be extraordinary. And here's why we're going to need it. There's an elephant. There's an elephant in the room. And I mean that quite literally. Let me give you an analogy that is very apropos for this time of year. When Christ enters into the world, the Jewish religion that he is born into, that he is a part of, that his parents are a part of, is divided into two, predominantly two camps. There are offshoots of these camps known as zealots and others, but predominantly the governing religious council known as the Sanhedrin is made up of two parties that largely had become a duopoly. One group known as the Sadducees. Not a, these aren't perfect analogies, but they'll mostly fit, so we'll go with it. They would be akin to today's Democrats. They had given up the notion of a resurrection of the dead and therefore a judgment by the time that Christ arrives. They are largely secular in nature. They are uber-political about the machinations of the state. They would be the closest thing that the first century could, could probably conjure to social justice warriors. Dead churches. Then there were the Pharisees. They traced their lineage back to Ezra. They were the people that held firm, that kept the faith during the, the judgments, the diasporas or diasporas. Yet by the time Christ arise, arrives, they also had kind of been assimilated into the Sanhedrin duopoly. So that when Messiah arrives, most of them don't see it. A few do. You know their names, Nicodemus, Joseph of Arimathea. A few do, but most don't. In fact, they're offended. Hey, we're the ones that we're the good ones. We didn't depart from the faith. We still believe in the resurrection and the judgment of God. What do you do? What do you mean you're calling us out? But it was largely a whitewashed tomb, a tradition hollowed out. The courage of conviction simply wasn't there. You know, like today's Republicans, by and large. Sure, there's a few Joseph of Arimathea, there's a few Nicodemuses. We mentioned a couple already, right? But by and large, whitewashed tombs abound. And yet, and yet, in this environment came the greatest movement in the history of the world. How did 56 signers of the Declaration, with no ability to vote their way out of tyranny, how did they overcome? How did the Civil Rights Movement 50 years ago, 60 years ago, how did they overcome? These are lessons we have to learn. We're going to learn them next. Stay tuned. The Glenn Back Program.
Back here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program, we are the Steve Dace Show, filling in for Glenn here today. I'm Steve Dace, D-E-A-C-E, with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. You can find our podcast. We are typically noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV when we're not on break. Uh, you can get our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, etc. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. I'm on Facebook as well. Just look for Steve Dace there. So here's where we are. We don't have agency politically in America. We just don't. And when I started doing this in 2002 for the first time, made the first transition from a sports talk host to a news talk host, filling in for the great Jan Michelson on 1040 WHO, the blowtorch there in Des Moines, 20 years ago this year. I remember all the conversations and shows conservatives need to finally take over the Republican Party. About a decade, eight to 10 years later, the Tea Party, all the same conversations. Time to take over the Republican Party. Eight to 10 years later, now it's MAGA. Time to take over the Republican Party. Harmeet Dillon, I don't know her. What I know of her, I like her. She's not going to be the RNC chairwoman. I can just tell you that right now. And how do I know that? Because Trump won't endorse her. If Trump thought she was going to win, he would just endorse her. Instead, he said, I like them both because he doesn't like to lose. Sure, I'm sure Rana paying his legal bills for a couple of years helped. But I think we also know, you know, Trump can afford his own legal bills. He doesn't like to lose. So you can tell whether Trump thinks his own people are going to win by whether he'll endorse them or not. Clearly, Harmeet's not going to win. Rona's going to win. And the fix has already been in. We're just doing a dance here. Just like after this last election, they all blew. They had no business losing. They turned right around and all the same people are still in charge. The enemy we're up against here is the enemy. The real one. We're dealing with strongholds here. Principalities. We were just talking during the break, Aaron pointed out. We're sitting here during the holidays. How did the spirit of the age respond to Ron DeSantis blitzkrieging Nagasaki, Oppenheimering them, okay, in that election? How did they respond? Tail tucked firmly between legs, humility, regroup, any of that? Any of that? No? Cults don't do that. No, cults don't do that. Can't stop, won't stop. That's what cults do. So over the holidays, while we're sitting here opening the show, you know, talking about how blessed we are to spend time with family. Remember the reason for the season, like many of you that are listening right now. What's the spirit of the age doing in Florida? Hosting packed all ages perv shows for groomers. For guys in their hairy sacks to teabag your children in public. Despite the fact that it's been criminalized in Florida by Governor DeSantis. They're daring him. We don't think you're going to do anything. We think it's bluster. The despite everything else the guy's already done <clears throat> if there was if there was ever a republican for the spirit of the age to say okay one time shame on you 11 times shame on me all right don't test that one would be him right yeah doesn't matter though does it no back for more what do you think if they're gonna if they think that way if the spirit of the age views ron DeSantis that way how do you think it views the other 99% of Republicans you're for. 
Chris for the mill meets back on the menu, boys. That I mean, speed bumps, enablers, collaborators, right? Cover. Cover, indeed. Fig leaves, yes. Guides, heralds, yes. So this is where we come in. We don't have the agency to vote our way out, vote, vote our way out of this in an election year. Here's what Republicans did. Betrayed us on the one issue they had never betrayed us on guns. They did that. They did gun control. <clears throat> Gay marriage, which is really just have the federal government declare war on the church in America. That's really what it is. I mean, as I was involved in the marriage amendment fights back in the day. You guys know how many people were in jail in the 90s and 2000s for having a cohabitative gay relationship? Do you know how many people were in jail in America? Take, take a wild guess. Small number. It's a real, pretty, like the smallest one of them all? Yes. Zero. Zero. So why were we doing these marriage amendments? Did, did they include provisions for the roundup posse who would go door to door, house to house? Who are you sleeping with? No, they contain no such provisions uh they were done to prevent the very things that are happening right now you will be made to care um you can be canceled bake the cake bigot we shut down your florist uh company um you're you're kicked out of the military if you're a chaplain and you won't comply with your christian values that's why we did this anticipating this is where this argument would go post lawrence v texas when the sodomy laws were thrown out and it was mainstreamed You'd end up with a secretary of transportation who somehow knows how to run the entire airline industry, even though he was mayor of a freaking armpit called South Bend, Indiana, who's just bringing up the rear while all these flights are canceled on in ad infinitum. You'd end up with something like that, who got the job just simply because he likes to have sex with guys. Let's be honest. What's Pete Buttigieg's other qualification? You ever driven South Bend, Indiana? It's pothole America. What's his other qualification for Secretary of Transportation other than he likes to have sex with guys and checks an intersectionality box? None is the answer. None. That's why he has that job. And that's why he's terrible at it, because he has no qualifications. That's why a lot of you are stranded right now or know someone who is, as we can apparently. COVID is airborne, but the flights in America are not. All right? No, we did this because we feared, if we didn't, they would take Lawrence v. Texas and weaponize government against religious believers. Is that not exactly what's happening right now, guys? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what several of your Republicans, but trust me when I tell you there were many more, their votes just weren't needed, so they got away with lying to you. That's what they did in an election year. They codified the federal government declaring war on the church in an election year. And then in this omnibus bill they just passed, they basically just said this new Republican House has no budget power or leverage for a year. By the way, just so happens, what's the number one power and piece of leverage that the House of Representatives constitutionally has? Can you guys guess what it is? The purse. The purse. And Republicans just wanted to make sure here in this lame duck session to quickly take that away from the new Republican Congress as fast as they could. So you're disenfranchised. So here's the deal. The deal is we don't count your votes in much of America. See Maricopa County, Arizona. We don't count your votes in much of America. And then when we do count your votes and you win, your vote doesn't count because of who you ended up electing. Sounds like a great system we're currently in. We have no agency. So we're going to have to do this ourselves. 
the Puritans who hopped on the Mayflower and planted the first seeds of what became American exceptionalism, how much agency did they have? None. The first Christians who were drawing uh, fishes in the dirt as code, okay, to avoid Roman persecution. How much agency did they have? None. None. Um, the civil rights movement, more than a half a century ago, how much agency did it have? Very little. The 56 men who signed a pledge of their lives, fortunes, and sacred honors, how much agency did they have? Hang together or hang separately. That was their agency. This is where we are. We're going to have to do this ourselves. It sucks. We have families. We have companies. We have jobs. We have careers. We have churches. The last thing we need is one more thing to do. But we are in a season right now that if we don't do this ourselves, it will not get done. We, can, we no longer have the luxury of outsourcing our citizenship and our, and our activism to the political party that has not represented us for a long time, if we're all being honest with one another, but has made it patently clear in the last year plus, it's just not that into you. Which means we never really had the luxury of outsourcing our citizenship to Correct. begin with. Correct. Correct. The spirit of the age we are up against will not be satiated by typical election or political realities or contrivances or rivalries or realities. It doesn't believe in reality. We're going to have to be the ones that stand up and say, no. I mentioned a name earlier. Telemachus is a name that I mentioned earlier. I'm going to tell you more about that name here when we come back in a moment. Stay informed. Sign up for the free newsletter today at glennbeck.com. Back here on the Glenn Beck radio program. We are the Steve Day Show filling in. And I, I hate to come on here and, and ask an audience that does more than maybe any audience we have to do a little more. But I don't see what other options we have. We just, we just went through an election where, yes, I think we... Most of us understood many of the Republicans we were going to vote for weren't worthy of the label or the vote. But, but voting for them was a symbol of, of, of demonstrating our disgust and disdain for the direction of this insanity. And, and I think a lot of us, myself included, assumed that another layer of American patriot out there who maybe wasn't as engaged as us maybe not quite as committed as us, but has a genetic or generic maybe is the, um, is the word I'm actually looking for here, a generic understanding of this is unsustainable, would have shown up in droves, right? And said, need some grown-ups. Exactly. I mean, you know, you shall not pass here and no further. 
And so we all showed up on election day, right? The, the turnout was actually what the polls said when you look at the popular vote. The turnout actually was Republican pretty much plus six, plus eight nationwide. When you look at the popular vote, pretty much was what the polls forecasted, right? We all showed up more than we ever have before. And said, we got to make a statement. I, 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 McConnell, awful, terrible. But this is, he, yes, he's corrupt. Yes, he's, he's not crazy. This is insanity. We got to stop this insanity, right? These are the conversations we had, on, we all had over this last year, correct? Yes. And then we waited for the returns, went home that night and waited for the returns and waited for that next layer of American patriot to say, yeah, this is cray cray. We can't do this. And did they show up? No, they didn't. Didn't show up. And I think we have to now accept we're it. We're the Gideon's army here. Now, the good news is Providence has a way of doing its best work in those circumstances. But we have to embrace that mission and realize we don't have any agency. We just don't. Here I am, Lord, send me. That's exactly right. That's a Catholic there. Okay, quoting the Bible for you, for my fellow evangelicals. Who also likes the Martin Luther movie, right? Here I stand, I can do no more. How much agency did Martin Luther have? None. They were actually, they put a, a, a death sentence on him. Isn't it weird? Like, all the people that did like all the greatest things in modern or, or in all of Western civilization history at the time they began doing those things, guys had like little to no agency from the mainstream process. Huh? Almost like our Lord once said something about you can't pour new wine and old wineskins, mm -hmm. a new covenant, a new Testament, huh? A new commandment I give you. Well, yeah, that's kind of the way things work around here right yes yeah and i i think more than ever before we have to walk into that reality and embrace it in this new year gentlemen your thoughts yeah if your ears right there were pricking a little bit and saying oh this is getting a little bit churchy now folks there's no other way fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom either you accept that just as other generations way before you have had or they have perished, you too will perish. If, in whatever this looks like down to the local level, if what we call the spirit of the age, it's kind of a catch-all term for the devil's work in this age, whatever that may present itself as, if that is not adequately punished, whatever that looks like, if that is not adequately punished, just like a toddler who is not adequately disciplined, you will get more. You will get more of the behavior. In Florida right now, what's standing out to me is the drag performances Steve mentioned in passing. Packed venues. Somebody's got to be held accountable for that. Because all that's going to happen if that is not held accountable is you're just inviting more. Mm-hmm. They will feel emboldened. Have we not seen that already bear itself out? Accountability, justice, and punishment. To that end, I'm emboldened. If we're at the point now Ben Shapiro is going to talk to Robert Malone, let's crowbar that Overton window a little further, shall we? Amen. Let's invite a new layer of radical into the conversation. 
We will do that when we come back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. put this very plainly we have to stop these shots and we'll talk to somebody who will tell us why that is the case next on the Glenn Beck radio program We are the Steve Day Show filling in for the Glenn Beck radio program here this morning. And as I said an hour ago, we came in off of our Christmas and New Year's break to smash some shibboleths of the damned. And one of those we're going to focus on this hour are the poisonous COVID jabs and why we have to stop these shots. And I will tell you, when I got into this line of work, I'm Steve Dace alongside my partners on the show, Totters and Aaron McIntyre. You can follow me on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can subscribe to our podcast as well. That's D-E-A-C-E, where the show normally after Glenn here on Blaze TV. When March 16th of 2020 happened, I, I just, I, did, I didn't get in this business thinking I'd have to know or even know what it, what things like um, an, an infection fatality rate was. I'd not, you know, immunology, virology. I didn't understand these terms. I didn't know what it, I didn't know a T cell from a T bone. Okay. This is not what I thought I was going to get into this business to discuss when I got into it 20 years ago. And lo and behold, these are the terms I need to need to know because this is threatening to end our entire way of life in real time right this minute. And so when the vaccines arrived this time last year, or this time two years ago, we were still trying to defeat masks and lockdowns and all of that propaganda and all that psyop and all that nonsense. I didn't have time to go through a lot of the test information. And we just made a decision as a show. They're mass distributing these things. We're going to see in real time whether their claims measure up, right? And didn't take long, only a few months for us to see, oh, side effects, adverse side effects. And looking back on it now, we probably should have assumed the same people that lied to us about masks and lockdowns and everything else were going to lie to us about this too. And yet here we are. One of the gentlemen who has been at the forefront of aggressively pushing back on these poisonous jabs and was rewarded with the blacklist for it 
is going to join us now. His name is Steve Kirsch. And Steve, we want to welcome you uh, from one Steve to another, the Glenn Beck Radio Program. Hope your family's having a great holiday season. Thank you for agreeing to come on here during the holiday break. We really appreciate it and the work that you've done over the last year plus, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. It's good to be here. Tell us a little bit about you. Who is Steve Kirsch and how did you become an enemy of the state? <laughs> um, I, I was a, a high-tech serial entrepreneur. I've started uh, six or seven companies, uh, had a couple of billion-dollar uh, market cap companies. Uh, COVID hit. Uh, I was locked out of the office because I was told, you know, not to come into the office and because you might spread COVID, started looking around for how I could make a difference. And scientists said that I talked to uh, said that early treatment was the fastest, cheapest, and safest way to end the pandemic. So I started the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. Uh, we funded studies like fluvoxamine. And I also got vaccinated because the FDA said that this vaccine was safe and effective. And I still trusted the FDA, even though I didn't trust the NIH, I still trusted the FDA because the FDA has this long history of being you know, just super picky about drugs that are approved. And, you know, I thought it was amazing that they had this new technology that they could deploy so fast. And I didn't, I didn't even bother to, to do the research on, on this. I just basically trusted what I was told. And I got um, the Moderna Vax in, in March of uh, 2021. And I got, you know, two, two shots of that. And then about a month later, I got this message on Twitter um, from one of my followers, and she, she asked me, is the vaccine safe? And I said, of course it's safe. It's the, the safest thing ever. I mean, we're assured by the authorities that they've never seen anything this safe. And, and I said, why do you ask? And she said, well, three of my relatives got the shot, and they died a week later, and they were perfectly healthy. And then I said, well, that's impossible. That's statistically impossible. It couldn't be the shots. And she said, yeah, but they're dead. And, you know, there's no way to come back from that. I mean, so I basically mentally filed it and said, that's weird. You know, that is just really strange. And then a week later, um, uh, uh, Tim Damroth, uh, who, is, uh, who cleans our carpets, um, came to clean our carpets and he shows up. He's wearing a mask. And I'm giving him a hard time. I said, don't you know if you get the vaccine that you don't have to wear a mask? And he said, well, I couldn't get the two shots because after the first shot, I had a heart attack two minutes after I got the shot. And he said that his wife also had Parkinson's uh, syndrome in, uh, for, for months after she got her shot in the arm that, uh, that they shot her with. And I'm going like, whoa. Maybe, uh, maybe I should look into this. Maybe I should look at the data. So I started looking at the, at the data, and the best data, the best safety data is, is the VARES system because that's what the government spends tens of millions of dollars every year to maintain that. That's the early warning system to say something is wrong. And I look at that, and <laughs> I said, man, this, this vaccine is the most unsafe vaccine uh, we've ever seen in, in VARES. And... I'm looking at the data and the data 
in Vera's is all super consistent. It's it's like there is no way to explain this other than we have a very dangerous vaccine. Steve, so, pause for a second there. Tell our audience that doesn't know maybe what's Vera's. Oh, Vera's is the vaccine adverse event reporting system. Uh, so if you have an adverse event, if you if you knew about the Vera's system, you could report it, or your doctor is supposed to report. Uh, any kind of vaccine-related uh, injuries that, that might be vaccine-related uh, to the virus system. So there could be re- so there are reports that are causal, and there are, are reports that could be just there because it came along for the ride. So, for example, if the vaccine killed people uh, from heart attacks and you had diabetes, it would show up as you're having diabetes in uh, the VARES report, but it wouldn't say that you had diet. It would say that you had diabetes previously. So it wouldn't necessarily say you had diabetes after the shot. So what VAR- why VARES is interesting is you can look at the reports and you can see, well, did the person have diabetes before the shot? Did he have diabetes after the shot? Was he well before the shot? Was what happened after the shot? So VARES allows you to do that. And when you look at all these comparisons and you see what, what's happened uh, to people, it's uh, unexplain. The only explanation that fits is that 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 this vaccine uh, is killing people, and it's killing people on the order of uh, two per thousand injections. And that may not seem like a lot, but <laughs> there's been thirteen thousand, billion know. injections or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, for. For the United States. So this is not based on injections. This is based on people. So if you basically vaccinate with one or more doses, a thousand people, you should expect, and and this is people of all ages. So this aggregate. Now, if you inject just older people, the death rates are much higher. But if you inject the entire population, a mix of an average population, you'll get about two deaths per thousand. So let me translate that. Okay, we've injected 250 million people in America. Two per thousand is 500,000 people that the U.S. government has killed. And, you know, I I get into debates um, with people who um, say, no, no, that's not right. But you see, they can't tell me. So if all of those death reports in VAERS was not caused by the vaccine, then what caused it? And I actually got on... Artificial sweeteners, Steve, that's the new one. Artificial sweeteners. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I I got on with um, a guy who's a paid representative. His name is Drew. I don't know what his last name is because he has some sort of uh, pseudonym, I think. Uh, But he admitted that he's being paid by Pfizer, sorry, by Moderna to... uh, promote the vaccine narrative that the vaccines are safe and effective. So I got onto this two hour discussion with him last night and it's recorded for everyone to see. And I'll be posting it later today on my Substack at stevekirsch.substack.com. But he basically said, Oh, well, all those deaths in virus are due to, to COVID. And I'm like stunned. This is a guy who is representative of Moderna saying in effect that there were no COVID deaths you know, virtually zero COVID deaths reported in VAERS in 2020. But in 2021, only associated with the COVID vaccines are there these 
500,000 deaths. So what this guy is saying, and I don't believe him, but the Moderna rep is saying, no, it wasn't the vaccine that killed him. It was COVID. So essentially he's saying that if you take the Moderna COVID vaccine, you will die from COVID. Yeah. So what's the now, point of even risking is, the vaccine? When, in other words, they just replaced one <laughs> lie with another. What's the point of risking the vaccine if it doesn't it, protect you from dying anyway then? No, it's it's worse. It's actually going to kill you at a higher rate than COVID mm-hmm. would. I mean, he's basically he basically admitted we went on for two hours. He, he said he was an expert. He said it's impossible for the vaccine to kill you from the vaccine. But he then so then I said, well, so what's causing these deaths? In, in virus, he said this COVID, which means that the vaccines are causing you to die from COVID mm-hmm. if you believe what he said. Mm-hmm. So either you believe me where the it, it is the vaccine that is killing 500,000 people because there's no evidence that it's COVID, or you can believe what the drug company is telling you, which is those deaths are caught, the, the vaccine is causing you to die from COVID. As soon as you get the vaccine, you're going to die from COVID within you know, weeks or days or or months or year, or a year, you're going to die from COVID. It's it's increasing COVID deaths. I mean, either way you you look at it, it's stunning because you either believe me or you believe the detractor, you know, from the drug company, the the guy who's kind of debunking me. But either way, like, why would you take these vaccines? There's just no, <laughs> there's no benefit. Right, and. Right. And, and, and then the the other thing uh, we talked to, we had this Twitter debate with uh, where there, uh, Dr. Uh, Gu, um, I'm, I'm blanking on his first name, um, but, but he's famous. He's got 500,000 followers on Twitter. And uh, you, I think it's Eugene Gu. And Dr. Gu is saying, well, I only trust the large randomized trials and the large randomized trials didn't show any death. And I said, that's interesting. And so, you know, can we have a debate on that? And so he he joined the room. And then he... Let's pause I, I there. Let's let's pause there and okay. tease that and go back because I want to pick up where you left okay. off there with that debate. We are talking with Steve Kirsch, who has put his money, by the way, where his mouth is. I mean, he has, he has put serious cash on the table uh, trying to get debates on this vaccine data. We'll get into that and more here in a moment. My pillow finally has their original my slippers back in stock. It was close to a national crisis for all those who are working from home now. So don't miss this opportunity to get Mike's number one bestseller while supplies last. My slippers. They now come in a ton of additional sizes and new colors. And when you use my promo code Beck, you're going to save $90 a pair. That means they're $49.98 per pair. My slippers have an exclusive four-layer design. You're not going to find that in any other slipper. The patented layers make the slippers ultra comfortable and extremely durable. They'll help relieve the stress on your feet, and you can wear them anytime, anywhere. Get your 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square to save 90 bucks on the original My Slippers, $49.98 a pair. And while you're there, check out all the other products you've heard me rave about, from pillows to sheets to slippers. They got it all. Promo code BECK, 800-966-3117, MyPillow.com. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program, we are the Steve Day Show filling in here talking today with Steve Kirsch about why we need to stop these shots. And Steve has attempted 
to engage the other side of the argument, told us about one exchange he had, I think as recent as last night in a debate. Now, another one that you got into on Twitter, Steve, pick up where you left off from there. Yeah. So, um, Eugene Gu, Dr. Eugene Gu, excuse me, um, Dr. Eugene Gu basically went on Twitter and said, look, you know, I only, I'm a doctor. I only trust these large scale trials and that's what guides me in my practice. And I said, so, you know, so that's, that's really interesting that he just ignores the anecdotes. And, and so I wanted to press him on that point and, and then ask him, well, what do you think is causing all these death reports in Varus? We never got to that. Um, we just spent over an hour just talking about anecdotes and, uh, so anecdotes, uh, means, uh, oh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, a small number, uh, of, of events of, uh, of, of evidence. And so I asked him, I said, look, if you gave the shot to 20 of your, your patients and 10 of them died within a week after the shot from, uh, cardiac arrest, what would you do? Would you say, oh, that's, um, I'll just keep doing it because the randomized trial, the large randomized trials say they're safe and effective, or do you believe what's in front of your own eyes? And he basically said, well, I would um, pause at that point and I would check with my peers and see if they were um, uh, seeing the same thing and you know, would not move forward until I was, was confident that uh, there was nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Well, what's interesting is, is is that what they say in public about, well, they only view these large-scale clinical trials and, and they dismiss all anecdotes. Once you ask them a, a kind of a, hey, you know, in your clinical practice, what would you do if you saw the, this is anecdotal data. It's anecdotes. What's, what's in front of you? It's, you know, it's only 20 patients. Only 10 of them um, died and they all died within a week. Um, and... Would you? And he basically he basically said he would change his clinical practice based on t- ten patients dying. I mean, so what was stunning is that what they say in public about well, we only trust the large scale trials and it must be safe, and we don't pay any attention at all to anecdotes. When you actually get down to it, and you ask them the the critical question which is okay so what happens in your practice it's like you get a completely different answer he's he's basically he's guiding his his what he does in his clinical practice based on anecdotes because those anecdotes overrode these large scale clinical trials now this is stunning because it says hey if i can give you some compelling anecdotes then that overrides it and so that then shifts the discussion because it's really hard to get some of these studies like when right they Peter largely McCullough, control who does and yeah. gets these kinds of studies yeah the system does the very exactly. the very the very system overlooking this i'm up against a hard break here in two and a half minutes but what you just described and what you caught him in was a was a shell game so we we create this VAR system as an offset for indemnifying these vaccine manufacturers 30 years ago um, and then when we reach a, an, unf- an unprecedented critical mass with these COVID jabs, that's all anecdotal data that we can't actually act on. Um, and so, therefore, we don't have a large critical uh, random controlled trial, I should say. But they decide who does those RCTs, but, uh, but they don't respond to the anecdotal data no matter how much it escalates or climbs within VAERS. That, that's a shell game, Steve. There's no critical mass. That, 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 there's no oversight there at all. What, you're, you know, it's heads 
heads I win, tails you lose kind of stuff. Uh, it, it, it is. Uh, but, but, you know, the thing is that you have to continue the conversation because then you have an admission that he does pay attention to anecdotal data of in just 20 patients. It changes his practice. And once you do that, then we can get into a discussion where we can bring in a whole lot more evidence that he just admitted he will pay attention to. But he dropped off. He dropped off the discussion before we could get a chance to get there. <laughs> hmm. All right. So w- when we come back, Steve, I, I want to take you to my home state of Iowa, where I live, where we were one of the freest state, maybe the freest state in the union during the lockdowns. Uh, yet we are still promoting these jabs, despite some troubling data that I've unearthed that I want to share with you and our audience and get your reaction to, because I'm, I'm guessing it's not atypical of what you are seeing nationwide. And then there was this Zogby poll on vaccine injury. We'll talk about that, too, when we come back on the Glenn Beck Program. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. We are the Steve Day Show (laughs) filling in. We are with Steve Kirsch. Get his substack, Steve Kirsch, K-I-R-S-C-H, Steve Kirsch, dot substack.com that's where he went after he got banished everywhere now twitter just brought him back you can get a link there by the way to a piece he wrote as early as may of 21 on whether or not you should get vaccinated for trial site uh uh, looking at some of the early data and i want to look at some of the data that we have going on right now steve so here in iowa where i live we have a fairly large and significant banking and insurance financial sector here And a CEO that works in that sector, I know, I had him run some numbers for me. And he looked at the excess deaths numbers for Iowa. And what he found is that here through through October in 2022, we were on pace to outdo the total excess deaths throughout the, the prior three years before COVID, 2017 to 2019. And of course, when you bring up these kinds of numbers, these numbers exist you know, almost everywhere in the world. All right. When you look at mortality numbers, all cause excess deaths compared to where they were pre COVID, they are still too high despite the existence of these vaccines. And just like what you ran into, they'll usually come back with, well, that's long COVID. The problem here is in the state of Iowa, only once in the last 290 days, have we reached double figures in daily COVID deaths. That was one time July 10th in the last 290 days. So how do you explain that COVID deaths are still extremely low while all excess deaths in Iowa are still way too high and higher than they were trending in the three prior years to COVID? I'm trying to raise this question with our governor, Kim Reynolds. She did a fantastic job governing our state during COVID. We might have been the freest state in the union. We were one of the few states that had no stay-at-home orders. We were the first state to bring back high school sports, et cetera. But we're still running commercials with our Department of Health here telling pregnant women if they get this jab, they can pass on the antibodies to their babies. And yet we have this data that shows that Excess deaths are still higher than they were pre-COVID, despite the fact COVID deaths are anemically low. What other possible explanation other than perhaps a lag in, you know, early detection because lockdowns got rid of everything that was elective in, you know, in terms of medical nature, fine. But there has to be some admission here. There's no there's no other factor here that would contribute to something like that. Is there, Steve? Uh, Not that I'm aware of, Steve. (laughs) 
<laughs> I certainly, nobody has brought that up as to w- what could be the cause if it's not the vaccine. I mean, it, it, you're looking for something basically that has, it's got to be injected into people because we're seeing causes of death that are all over the map. And if it was something that you ate or something that you breathed or something external, it's typically it's going to be a single uh, type of death, right? So if there's mm-hmm. poison gas, you're going to die because you're breathed in the poison gas. If the water is poisoned, everyone's going to die because they drank the poison water. But if you can inject something internally you can uh, and create blood clots all over your body, you can create a whole variety of symptoms. So we're looking for something. So we have to narrow it down. Let's narrow it down, right? We get, we're looking for something that is uh, injected. It has to be novel because we've never seen anything like this before. And it has to be in massive numbers of people because we're seeing massive rises in all-cause mortality. So what's something that's novel, injected, and <laughs> and and um and and done in mass numbers? I mean, hmm. there, I can only you know I'm I'm trying to make the list here, but right. I only come up with uh <laughs> with with one thing. <laughs> back in back in August, Steve Zogby came out with a poll. That showed, first and foremost, far more Americans knew someone who had been vaccine injured from this COVID vaccine than had died of COVID. It also showed 14.8% of all adults answered in the affirmative when asked, quote, were you diagnosed by a medical practitioner with a new medical condition within a matter of weeks to several months after getting vaccinated? 14.8%. But here's even more disturbing numbers. Among those 18 to 29, Steve, uh, 30% reported that. Among those 30 to 49, 23% reported that. How do we explain that? By anything other than what's the obvious explanation? What did the governor say? (laughs) It's like, I mean, look, you know, science is all about looking at the evidence in front of you and looking at the possible hypotheses. And the CDC's hypothesis is the vaccine is safe and effective. And our hypothesis is that it's not effective at all. In fact, it's making things worse and it's killing people because it's not safe. Now, I have spent (laughs) over a year, I started doing this, I started going public with this May uh, 25th of 2021. Okay, so it's now a year and a half later. And I have yet to uncover any evidence that is consistent with the safe and effective narrative when you look at it closely. But I've looked at very closely at at lots of pieces of evidence, and they all go into the it's not safe or effective and should be stopped immediately bucket. Now, I would I, I, so so right now I'm preparing a list of just 20 questions. And so I'm going to ask these people, hey, if you disagree with with me, instead of answering the 125 questions that I I posted on my website, let's just narrow it down to to 20 questions. And I've got, you know, I'm I'm up to 18 now. I don't think I have to add another two. But, you know, it's it's like you can't explain these. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's and, and some of these are very, very simple. So, for example, there is this guy named um, John Campbell. 
and he's got, I think it's like 5 million followers on, on YouTube. And he was pro-vaccine when he first started doing this YouTube channel. And so over time, this guy has got gone from a, you should go get the vaccine, it's safe and effective, to he just posted a video and he couldn't even post it to YouTube. He posted it on Rumble because YouTube would take it down. He basically called for a halt to the vaccine and he couldn't call for a halt on YouTube. He had to switch platforms to a platform which was uncensored. So this guy is followed by 5 million people. He explains the all the medical jargon to people in plain English. That's why he's so popular. He does a fantastic job of that. But I never followed him because he wasn't interpreting the data correctly. And it's like, you know, I don't need more more narrative. But what happened is he kept following the data and following the data and following the data. And he's like, well, this shouldn't be that like this. And 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 he and he he's like, He's, he, you could see him going from blue pill, which means you believe the narrative and you believe everything the government mm-hmm. is telling you. Mm-hmm. And it's do- and the whole thing is documented on YouTube where he's basically just praising the narrative and now he's going completely against the narrative. That is stunning, okay? Because this guy is jeopardizing his income stream. He has a huge income stream on YouTube. I mean, it is, it's got to be enormous. And this guy is basically, you know, you can't call him a grifter. He is going from making, I don't know, he must be making millions of dollars on YouTube to essentially going to zero income because YouTube will probably ban him because they don't like people who tell the truth. So this guy is completely, I mean, hats off to him. He is, he is risking his entire income stream to tell people the truth. Now, and he's not the only one, Asim Malhotra. Yep. Super highly respected. He is on the, the effectively the Today Show in the UK. They boot him off the show because he's, he's, he, he was telling people the vaccines are safe and effective and you should be vaccinated. Now he's telling people, I made a mistake. My dad died. I looked into it. And the, when you look at the data, there's there's no question as to what's going on here. The data is, is very clear that these vaccines are the most dangerous intervention uh, in that we've ever had, the most dangerous healthcare intervention that we have had in in. In, in our history. Hmm. And so he's telling people, we have to stop the shots now. Exactly the same thing that John Campbell is telling people. And so my question is, hey, you've got all of these people who w- were highly respected and suddenly now they're, they're saying these vaccines are unsafe. So we should basically not respect them because they changed their views mm-hmm. when they looked at the data. And the, the other question you have to ask yourself is, how many people went from essentially red pill, which means you think the vaccines are unsafe, to being a promoter of the vaccine when they looked more carefully yeah, at the it data? It doesn't seem to go the other way. Yes. It doesn't seem to go to the other way. Correct. I can't, 
I can't even think of a non-famous person mm-hmm. who went the other way. That's an but excellent the fact point. That, yep. But the fact that, I mean, it's like so obvious to people at this point. We don't have to talk about um, T-cells. We don't have to talk about mRNA. All we have to do is talk about, well, why are so many people? Like, I mean, the UCS at UCSF, I talked to a nurse uh, who used to work at UCSF. She's... Um, She's very well connected. I got there. about a minute. She Go ahead. A, okay. She was one of the top nurses at UCSF. She said, nobody at UCSF is getting the jabs anymore. Hmm. They all realize that they've been had. And I talked to Asim Mohatra. I, I did an interview with him. He said on the, on the, the video uh, interview that there are no, doc, no cardiologists in the UK are getting the jab. <laughs> I mean, look, you've got no doctors at UCSF getting the jab. You have no cardiologists in the UK getting the jab. Like, this is not a few misinformation spreaders. This is every cardiologist in the in the UK. You mm-hmm. know, for, I mean, there maybe there are one or two, but this is all the doctors and nurses at UCSF. I mean, like, what more do you need? folks. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what's it going to take to to, to change people's minds? Let's talk about that when we come back. A new term was introduced into the lexicon this year. Died suddenly. It's also the topic and the title of a documentary that uh, Steve was a part of that's heading towards 15 million views on Rumble, despite the fact it has largely been censored. We'll discuss that next. The Glenn Beck Program. Let's conclude our conversation this morning with Steve Kirsch. Steve, I've got about four minutes here uh, on the Glenn Beck radio program. The term died suddenly became part of the American lexicon this year. Uh, Sort of a catch-all phrase to explain the inexplicable because we don't want to actually acknowledge the explanation for it. You're part of a documentary that was released uh, just about a month or so ago that is approaching 15 million views on Rumble. That's got to be one of that platform's most viewed uh, entities ever. Of course, it's being censored everywhere despite that amount of traffic. It's called Died Suddenly. Tell us about it. Well, you know, it it highlights uh, this observation, which I think was uh, maybe first disclosed on the Stu Peters show, Um. And, and then I picked it up and, and started writing about it, which, which is that embalmers were seeing these um, long blood clots that they could pull out, you know, they could pull out a two foot long or three foot long blood clot out of a body. And the blood clot was intact when they pulled it out. And they have never seen anything like that before in their history. And the, the, one of the embalmers talks about he went... Uh, to an, a, a conference of embalmers with 100 embalmers in the room and asked, is, is anyone else seeing this? And everybody raised their hand. And so the this is just, you know, completely uh, stunning um, that uh, these people are being seen, you know, this is happening <laughs> across the country and it's being uh, silenced. And the only possible cause for these clots 
is this novel injection gives it, it, it and it only started appearing after the injections rolled out. But what's stunning is I did a death survey and the death survey, I asked people, hey, do you know anyone who died from 2020 to, to, uh, to present for any cause whatsoever? It turns out that died suddenly is the number one, is the number one symptom of death for anyone under 65 wow. who died past the when the, the vac- in, in 2021 or 2022 wow. and for the for the unvaxed it doesn't even register wow. but for the vaxed it's the top cause i mean how are they going to explain that Steve, you have done incredible work. Remind our audience how they can continue to follow the work that you're doing. Sure. It's uh, stevekirsch.substack.com. And I've been writing articles uh, since October. So a little bit more than a year from now, I probably have about a thousand articles on the site. And you don't have to read all thousand, uh, but there's some great stuff there. God bless you, brother. Thank you for joining us this morning, and hopefully we highlighted your work to more people because it deserves to be seen. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Yep, thank you. All right, we'll come back with Hour 3 here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. And I think especially after what you just heard, it is time to discuss trials and execution.com, and we will do it next. the Glenn Beck Program. started off this morning in the pursuit of truth we will finish it in pursuit of justice next year on the glenn beck radio program Welcome to our final hour here on the Glenn Beck radio program. This is the last time we will all be together until January the 9th. We are the Steve Day Show. That is yours truly. With Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre, we will resume our holiday uh, festivities after this program. But we decided to come in uh, from vacation because of the importance of this moment and the magnitude of this platform. And uh, we, we started off these first two hours. Talking about truth, the first hour we looked at, we have to accept the truth. We lack political agency in this country. We don't have political representation. The idea of some long-term takeover of of the Republican Party, I heard it when I started doing this in 2002. We were talking about conservatives doing it. A decade later, it was the Tea Party was going to do it. Now the MAGA is going to do it. It will not be done, or at least not in terms of, of being done in time to save whatever is left of this country. So we have to look at a different form of activism 
that is not corporate in nature, but individual and local. This last hour, we looked at the truth of the damage of these shots and why we need to stop them. As Steve Kirsch joined us, I figured, you know what? If we're at the place now that Ben Shapiro is going to bring Robert Malone on his show, then then it's it's time to bring in a new level of radical, a whole new layer of radical. And so we took a crowbar to the Overton window by bringing the much banned and censored Steve Kirsch on the program. Why? Because he had the audacity to bet $1 million of his own money that you couldn't beat him in a debate about the danger of the jabs. And they couldn't beat him in a debate, so they just banned and shunned him. So now with these truths acknowledged, it is time for action, time for accountability. And who better to have that conversation with than our good friend and our prophet of woe and lamentation, as well as our colleague here at Blaze TV, the one and only Daniel Horowitz. It is good to have you with me and us, my friend. How are you? Hey, happy new year. Been way too long. It has been. It has been way too long. And in a little over six weeks, you and I will release a book that we spent much of 2021 working on. Pre-sales are available right now. It is called Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial so that this never happens again. Once more, it's called Rise of the Fourth Reich. I, I remember when I suggested this title to our publisher, they thought it was way over the top. And I, I said, hey, just read the, the opening statement of the manuscript because we we fashioned it after a Nuremberg trial. We don't have chapters. We have a witness list. We have, we, we have an opening statement, a closing statement. And I said, hey, just read the opening statement. And if you think that the title is still too provocative, we'll come up with something else. They read the opening statement and came back and said, I think maybe, maybe we should title this book that our ancestors shot redcoats for less than this. You can read that opening statement right now at trialsandexecution.com. You can read it for free right now there at trialsandexecution.com. But Daniel, you've heard me say many times, we are not a nation of laws, and we never have been. We are a nation of political will, and we always will be. I saw you talking this morning about whether politics truly flows downstream from culture. And, and, and you said, looking at what the left does, I don't believe that's the case. See, I think we say that on the right, because for us, it is true. We have to literally terraform culture to get any agency politically at all. Like we have to make it so simple and easy to get them to do the stuff they should have done five or 10 years ago now. All right. That, that's what we have to do on the right. Now on the left, power is where power goes. They just act on what they want and the culture follows. We do have some one Republican that behaves this way. The guy in Florida, Ron DeSantis, he just exerts power and has changed the culture in Florida as a result. But we can't, we don't have the, the agency to do that. And, I, and that is where I wonder if the real problem with a true Nuremberg-like trial and tribunal happening again because of what was done here with COVID isn't so much the lack of will within the political class, but within the everyman class. Daniel, less than 15% of American adults didn't take any of this gene juice at all. Less than 15%. You know, as well as I do, from working in primaries for how many years, the hardest thing is to convince a guy that he voted for the same rhino for many years that he suddenly sucks and shouldn't do it again. No one wants to admit they've been hoodwinked. No one wants to admit they've been had. When your buddy tells you your girlfriend is cheating on you, you don't get mad at your girlfriend. You get mad at the buddy who told you because you're, you realized you got played for a fool, right? Is there the will in the larger population 
to truly come to grips with what they allowed to inject and be injected into their bodies? Or are we more inclined as a species to say, I know it was a mistake. I'm not getting them again. We're never doing this again. Let's just all move on and forget this ever happened. Well, Steve, I don't know the answer to that, but I don't want to find out. And that means that we got to do it now. It's that narrow window where on the one hand, I think we have the strongest opposition in society that we've ever had to COVID fascism. But on the other hand, if you let this go on past this year's upcoming legislative sessions and all these supposed red states, then it really truly will be forgotten while they are not retreating, but they're reloading to the next versions of biomedical surveillance, tyranny, experimentation, RSV shot, many more mRNA technologies, things we can't even imagine, the transhumanism. Now is the time to catch that little bit of lightning in the bottle while this stuff is kind of being repudiated, at least laughed at. Yeah, this is stupid. We're done with this. Now is the time. It's the only time we have to hope for to plow the ground over this Fourth Reich biomedical tyranny and salt the ground over it. You know, you talk about the fact that culture is downstream from politics, and I really think I really think that's what it is. If you think about how the left did this, did they create an entire culture making it cool to wear a Chinese burqa diaper on your face for 10 years? No, they built that in a matter of a week or two. I mean, they're just, this is what we're doing. You're you're killing people if you don't do it. Done. Made it, they made it a law. They had the political will. They made it a law. So that drove the culture. It made it that this is what you do, and you look like you're out of place if you don't do it. So something so illogical, immoral, illegal, and inhumane, insane. I mean, IBB tip is out with a poll today that thankfully a majority of people are no longer onto this, but they asked masking under five children under five and this is this is two and a half years into this after it's been repudiated as all pain and no gain is it good or bad and a majority of democrats and a third of independents answered it's good so that's the power of just not debating not owning the other side with tweets but doing and and what i'm warning people is and what, what we have at the end of our book is a list of about 20 different ideas that are all very achievable in about 50% of the states. Right now, now not that the Republicans are worth anything, but they are more prone to pressure from uh, their constituents than Democrats are. Now is the time to make demands that this can never happen again. And part of that is not just responding like we're always doing. We're playing catch up a year or two later. So, you know, when it's, a genocidal level like Steve Kirsch was talking about four or 500,000 deaths just in the U.S., just as its opening act. And by the way, over the Christmas break, so many new papers have come out showing that this likely destroys your immune system mm -hmm. permanently. Mm -hmm. So who knows what's going to happen here on out. The reproductive systems but, and the steep declines in birth rates we've seen in highly vaccinated countries system, and everything else. Yes. Things like that. What, what happens to your long-term immunity to all sorts of respiratory viruses. But the point is that it's not enough to be, oh, I oppose mandates. No, 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 no. We are well beyond that. What was done, it was malignant. It was malvolent. It was premeditated. And, and, and you know how we know that, Steve? 
Because they're doing it now. It's not like, well, did they know it at the time? They know it now, and they've known it for months, and they're doing it anyway. They're giving it a promotion. They're partnering with them to produce RSV shots with the same technology, the same immunobridging, measuring antibody levels, which now we know are harmful antibodies. Um, this is not going away. They're not retreating. They are reloading. They're on to the next thing. And the biggest obstacle we have is that apathy where you have these GOP leaders and these state legislatures, these governors. Yeah, we're kind of done with that. No, you're not. No, you're not at all. First of all, they are still forcibly masking rape victims in most uh, medical settings, hospitals, doctors' offices in almost every state. That needs to be done away with. Medical schools, law schools are still requiring the death shots. And 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 Steve, can, I just want to say something. Um, you know, no one has ever been forced to get an abortion. No one's ever been tricked. I mean, at least not in the modern era into thinking that an abortion is somehow, you know, some sort of uh, booster of your immune system, right? Everyone kind of knows to varying degrees what you're doing. Um, you know, they might not visually uh, conjure up the full graphic nature of it, but they know you're terminating the pregnancy at a, at a, at a minimum. Um, so, you know, why should we get involved, Steve? You know, it's not a mandate. You know, you can do what you want. But no, obviously, we're pro-life. We don't believe in death. We don't believe in murder. And you don't have the state promoting this. And, and, and you downright use the tool of the state and the governments and the areas that you control to to ban it and to push back against it. This is no different but times 10. There is no there is no enlightened consent, and this is what Nuremberg was about. It's not just the fact that you can't mandate dangerous things on a people, but even the fact that people like myself with young kids, we can't find normal pediatricians that even understand what the heck is going on. What's in these shots? What's in the future ones? What's in the ones that have already been given? There is no enlightened consent. These mRNA shots need to be banned in the red states, banned, banned now, banned permanently, um, you know, until we know what the hell is going on, to, to paraphrase Donald Trump on immigration. It is not enough to be behind, and we need to look ahead. They're foisting the RSV shots on us next year, okay? We need to look ahead and for once preemptively ban what they plan to do rather than play catch up. And you know what? The culture will follow in reverse. And just like you see with Ron DeSantis, guess what? Now it's cool to be against CDC. Um, Publix, one of the biggest employers in the state of Florida, when CDC said give the shots to kids, Florida said we recommend against them. Publix decided to side with Florida and did not administer the shots. That is how you change culture through politics. You just do this is the law. This is what we're doing. This is it. Now is our time. Now is our moment. We'll never get this again. Speaking of Florida, they are getting set to convene a grand jury looking into these jabs. We will discuss what that could potentially have an impact with when we come back. Having trouble picking a New Year's resolution? Car Shield has you covered. This year, I don't have to worry about how much it's going to cost to fix my truck when it breaks down. Prices on just about everything rising, but I've locked in my price and it'll never go up. Car Shield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month, and that covers more parts than ever before, from alternators to big ticket items like your transmission. 
Plus, when your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road, you get coast-to-coast roadside assistance, courtesy towing, rental car options, all at no extra cost, so you'll never be left hanging. Why wait any longer? This year, choose coverage through CarShield, a resolution you can easily keep. CarShield has my back when my truck breaks down. They can have yours, too. Go to carshield.com slash Beck or call 800-227-6100. carshield.com slash Beck. Save 20% right now. 800-227-6100. carshield.com slash Beck. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. We are the Steve Day Show, filling in for Glenn here today in our final hour. Don't forget, if you like what you hear, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon. Uh, D-E-A-C-E is how to spell the last name. If you don't like what you hear, subscribe anyway. We need the numbers. All right, so thank you for that. Daniel Horowitz is here with us, our colleague here at Blaze TV. Him and I are collaborating on a new book that will be released in February, about six weeks from now, Rise of the Fourth Reich, Confronting COVID Fascism with a New Nuremberg Trial, so that this never happens again. And pre-sales are available right now at Amazon.com. If you want to check it out, you can also check out the opening argument or opening statement. We structure it like a court proceeding. The opening statement, you can read it for free right now at trials, plural, and execution, singular, trialsandexecution.com. That's trialsandexecution.com. One of the things that you and I were discussing uh, last or, or earlier this fall, Daniel, um, is if we could get nowhere with Republicans in Congress after this election to, to truly delve into this, why don't we get GOP governors like Ron DeSantis to do it? Lo and behold, he announced last week that that's exactly what's going to occur. Uh, the Supreme Court of Florida has convened a grand jury to look in to the the allegedly false and dangerous claims made by COVID jab manufacturers Pfizer and Moderna. As far as I know, this is something unprecedented in recent American history. What kind of potential do you think this enterprise has? Did we lose Daniel? Looks like he's still there, but I'll uh, redial him. All right, let's try that again. Todd, I'll ask you that question. What kind of potential do you think a grand jury proceeding from the state of Florida has. For example, you just got done rewatching the movie JFK from our youth. That was a local New, yes. New Orleans DA, uh, you know, grand jury investigation, right? And much of what it uncovered about the JFK assassination, for example, that Clay Shaw was a CIA operative, uh, that uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was an asset of Clay Shaw's, his handler within the CIA. Those are things now the National Archives are now affirming those things are actually true even though when stone made these claims in his movie 30 years ago it was panned and of course when the new orleans da made them in the 60s that was panned back then too going through that entire movie and it's the first time i had seen it since you know being the notorious show anti-vaxxer now before covid but it's constantly jim uh the kevin costner's character trying to the da trying jim to, garrison wasn't yeah, that his name yeah. trying to even convince the people who worked for him and respected him what are you prepared to believe to go where you started steve which mm-hmm. overton windows are you prepared to smash that's it right there if they are willing to believe that total depravity will go to this forthright status it's limitless but that's the game they have got to smash that window 
it will have to uncover something, right? I mean, there's, there's too much data and evidence out there. It, there's no way it won't uncover anything. There's, well, no, there's no way that it won't be nothing to see here at the end. Well, now we're in Warren Commission territory. Did Lee Harvey Oswald really do it alone, or was right. he just a patsy? Right. Is that something? Right. But it, it, so, when you also consider that the state of Florida's Department of Health is already, I think it remains to this point here, what is today, December 29th, I still think it's the only health department in America that has advocated any form of restrictions on the distribution of COVID jabs. I think it's the only one in the country. Mm -hmm. So with that as the backdrop set, at the very least, I have to think it'll come up with evidence to confirm that conclusion. To me, I think that's our floor. I think we're starting with that. And then the question is, what's the ceiling? How much, how far down the rabbit hole from there are they willing to go? It's not just the evidence, but what must, what must that evidence lead to in terms of action? Because we just got done talking to Steve Kirsch. He's been eliminated. He's been called a quack, a crazy. We just had him on the show for an hour. Mm -hmm. That guy's just asking questions. Questions he started asking asking after he got the jabs. And the only reason that guy's threatening is not because the question's... So a lot of people have asked the questions. He's actually an elite. He's a man with means. Right. He was willing He's to act. He's a multimillionaire act. tech entrepreneur. He was willing to right. act. He was willing to bring consequences. And oh, by the way, he was a guy who actually took the jab. We can have all kinds of crazies like me who never did it, Steve, or you. Mm-hmm. But the person who took the jab and reforms themselves and changed, we can't have that religion, Steve. That's why the argument that some of the people in our industry didn't see this until recently because they were blinded by what's called credentialism i don't buy that argument because from the very beginning of going back to the origins of lockdowns i've been pointing out on this show scientists from stanford harvard yale oxford the elite of the elite universities have been calling bs on all of this from the very beginning yes there there have been plenty of credentialed people willing to practice some form of dissidence against this resistance against this we'll see if we can reconnect with daniel when we come back stay tuned The Glenn Back Program. All right, back here on the Glenn Beck Radio Program. We are the Steve Day Show, D-E-A-C-E, filling in for Glenn. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. If you are enjoying what you're hearing today, we typically fill the void after Glenn uh, departs. And of course, a Hall of Famer leaves a pretty big void. We are typically the show after him here on Blaze TV, noon to two Eastern. And one of our colleagues at Blaze TV, frequent guests, uh, is the prophet of woe and lamentation. We think we have his tech in- uh, issues figured out. Daniel Horowitz back here with us. Good to have you back with us, my friend. I want to get your take now on the grand jury that the state of Florida just announced as requested by Governor DeSantis. And that request was uh, uh, was honored by the state Supreme Court. Todd and I were talking when we were getting your issues figured out a minute ago that given the state's current level of scrutiny, I believe Florida remains the only state in the country right now whose Department of Health has issued any form of restrictions on these jabs at all, that that evidence confirming that conclusion is probably the floor of what this grand jury comes back with. That's probably the floor. The question is, Daniel, what's the ceiling? How far down the rabbit hole do you think they're willing to go? 
I think they're willing to pretty much uncover everything. Remember, this is something we're not going to get at a federal level because Republicans have made it very clear they will not go after vaccine injury because they uh, treat the epithet of anti-vax, even though this is not a vaccine, uh, as like racism. That's the new racism. So they won't touch it. So Florida is really the highest level venue we have to air this publicly, the scope of injury. But I think the feeling really is going to be, what did they know and when did they know it and who knew it? This is really the key here because we already have enough information from the court release documents of Pfizer and the FDA and different FOIAs. They knew about the problems, not just January 2021 when this was released, but August 2020 during the clinical trials. And this stuff, they don't even need to uncover, but it's a matter of calling in the witnesses, getting it documented, and the governor driving the narrative that will push the Overton window further and make it that governors like Kim Reynolds in Iowa, like Greg Abbott in Texas, have to begin dealing with this. And then, and then, you know, once that snowballs, that's a different country. I've always said if we had 25 Ron DeSantis's, we'd have a different country because either it would serve as a check and balance against the rest of the country and the federal government, or you would have a massive swath of the country to live in that is just dramatically different. And when it comes to the COVID shots, I think what they're going for is not just COVID. It's to uncover the fraud of the biomedical state that's existed for far too long in medicine um, and, and where it's headed. So this is not just about COVID, even, even though people don't care about COVID and think it's over with. But how long have we been lied to about life and death decisions in hospitals, in terms of therapeutics, in terms of treatments um, and, and pharmaceuticals? Because I, I do know they also plan on obviously investing some research into cancer, looking into, you know, what's behind that? What have we been spending our money on with, with that? Who are we funding? Uh, who are, who, who's been grifting the last 50 years? So to me, the ceiling is much bigger than COVID. It's the entire medical profession itself. Hmm. That brings me to the broader question and the last thing I wanted to ask you about today. We got into this in the first hour. That that and and you know when you talk about the Glenn Beck audience, I, I don't know of another audience in alternative, me- certainly not conservative media, that is more generous, more engaged, more committed to action than this one is. That all being said, though, you know when I when I did my first news talk show, filling in for the great Jan Michelson in August of two thousand and two on News Radio ten forty WHO, we were talking about it's time for conservatives to finally take over the Republican Party. A decade later, with the Tea Party, it's time for the Tea Party to take over the Republican Party. Now it's time for the MAGAs to take over. That We've done this. We do this every decade. It gets rebranded. It's the conservative grassroots. It's the Tea Party. It's the MAGAs. But we, we do this you know, time warp again, and nothing ever comes of it, because I don't think anything ever can. But the reality is, 20 years into this business, I'm talking about things, Daniel, I would have never imagined I'd be talking about. If we're, at the, we're at the very least, we're at the two-minute warning here of this game called Western civilization. Now, we can debate within two minutes. Are we at the last second? Is there time for a two-minute drill? Is it too early for a Hail Mary pass? But, but at the very least, we're at a two-minute warning here for our way of life. We don't have some long-term 
plan of seating and replacing one of the duopolies political parties. And so on an individual and state level, if your governor's not Ron DeSantis, and for most of the people listening right now, it's not. So you just can't get up in the morning and assume that your vote is going to count, even if they counted it. So for the rest of us, on a local individual level, a new level of activism and engagement and pestering is going to be required here. Give us some encouragement and suggestions along those lines. Sure. It's a matter of moving our biggest obsessive focus from elections to actually policy changes. And the two are not synonymous, and the policy changes drive the culture. The, The way the left agitated is that they made it clear. They would start out with a 5% issue. They have 5% of the people behind them. How do you think drag story, drag queen story hour became a thing? Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Where did bath, the bathroom stuff come from? That, that In a matter of a year, they made this a fight in all 3,000 counties. Okay? They take an issue that's unpopular. Well, our issues right now, most of them are actually popular and have a majority of support if they didn't two years ago they do have it now and certainly in the areas we're talking about like your home state of iowa you 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 make it clear that the culture of this county is the inverse of san francisco and what the rainbow jihad did in the incipient stages of their agenda in those places and then eventually expanded upon that this is what is done here this is what is not done and every Republican that's elected from school board, county council, county executive, state legislator, they are treated with circumspect. We are not Republicans. We are the rhinos. That's what we need to understand. I mean, I don't consider myself a Republican at all. Now, you might not have ballot access readily available without the Republican Party in another state, but that's fine. You could use them the way they use us. But the point is, it's not about but Biden, but the Democrats. You're not going to change them. It's about every second you, you, you be that squeaky wheel. This is what must be done in this school district. Okay, we are not having drag hour in this county library, which you'd be shocked at how many red counties have it. And you need to be such a force at a local level, and it doesn't take much. A few dozen, you get a cell together in your neighborhood. You have a division of labor based on the issues. If you could write, you write. If you could go and talk radio, you do that. You put out a weekly newsletter saying who, who are the heroes and zeros in the legislature? What are the important issues? I'm going to publish at the Blaze in the new year a list of about 50 or so ideas that need to be implemented in every state legislature this year, and you bang away at it. The problem with a lot of these places is there's zero focus. There is zero focus on the fact that Republicans are a bunch of leftists in deep red states. Um, you know, people think, oh, we have that covered already. Let's focus on Biden. You know, we have a 30 to 2 majority in the Wyoming state Senate. Oh, it's taken care of. But no, you don't. Not unless you breathe down their necks. They're a bunch of leftists. They're a bunch of phonies. And that's where it has to be. It has to be more local. And to the extent you focus on elections, yes, focus on the upcoming gubernatorial election, not the Senate, not, and not president. Um, if you're in a red state, if you're in a state like North Dakota and you have Doug Burgum standing for reelection potentially, and this guy is a uh, business partner of Bill Gates and he's a to- total globalist, he needs to go. And that's what we need to focus on. You know, you've got Kentucky, by the way, coming up in an odd year next year. 
There's a Democrat there. You know who the lead Republican is? The attorney general who did nothing in his life before then but work for Mitch McConnell. Mm-hmm. I mean, this there's an endless pipeline. And like you said, we're not changing the party. And, 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 and Steve, here's one, one more thing. One more thing, and we're going to have no leverage without this. We need to get petitions together in some way in these states to declare hundreds of thousands of registered Republicans, we will not vote for you in the primary or general election. If you vote to redefine marriage, you vote for the omnibus bill at a federal level or similar things at a state level, you have to have red lines until we are willing to stand or attempt to stand on godly values rather than be Republicans, we are on the plantation more than what we accuse black voters of doing for the Democrat Party. And, and that's the reality. They laugh at us because they know we will always be there for them in the general election. And until you're real, willing to shoot that hostage, we have zero leverage. And just to confirm what you just said, why does Kevin McCarthy now suddenly sound like the Daniel Horowitz podcast? He doesn't have 218 votes to be speaker. That's why. No. Doesn't have it. That, that, and so, that is why. Yeah. And, and Steve, why didn't he sound like that in September when they were originally passing the continuing resolution and it actually mattered? Right. Because I was the only one focusing on that. Okay? Finally, we built a movement against the Honibus. It became poison. And you know what? Almost every House member voted against it. It does make a difference. There's one difference between Republicans and Democrats. One and one only that potentially, more often than with Democrats, they're scared, or at least you could influence what they're thinking at a given time. Mm -hmm. You have your foot in the door. But use it. If you don't, then there's no purpose. Essentially, the best way to get the Republican Party to work for you is to act as if it actually works for you. You're not one with it. That's not your identity. It's not your family. It's not your church. It's not your movement. It's just a vessel. It's a vessel. And if it steers in the direction that you want it to, great. And if it doesn't, screw you. That's that's essentially the best way. Think of high school, guys. Was it the nice guy who got the girl? Or the guy that was a little bit more aloof, a little bit more difficult, mysterious. That's kind of what Daniel's talking about. Good stuff, my friend. We'll see you in the new year. All right? Happy New Year. Take care. You bet. We'll come back and wrap things up here on the Glenn Beck program in a moment. Glenn Beck. Join the conversation. 888-727-BECK. Back to wrap things up here on the Glenn Beck program. Thank, thanks to all of you uh, who uh, tuned in here today that allowed us to come in from the sidelines. We're on Christmas break as well, but can't resist the temptation to come in and talk to one of the best, biggest, and uh, brightest audiences in all of media. So we are the Steve Day Show, D-E-A-C-E. We would normally be right after Glenn Beck if you're a Blaze TV subscriber. You can also subscribe to our podcast as well. Follow me on Twitter at Steve Day Show, and I'm on all the socials. You can look for Steve Day, me on Facebook, and MeWe, pardon me, uh, Gab, Getter, uh, Truth Social, etc. Let's get some final thoughts from the team here. Uh, we've gone over a lot of ground today, Todd and Aaron. What do you think? 
Uh, going back to watching JFK, is, re- remember, <clears throat> there was enough common sense left apparently back in 1963 that just offing Kennedy uh, and letting people think at length about this Lee Harvey Oswald cat, that, that wasn't going to cut it. And this is where the whole line, riddle, enigma, mystery comes in. They had to just put that out there for a day. And then they needed to off him with Jack Ruby. And you had all this misdirection. Is it FBI, CIA, is it the mob, all that. And it just became too much and people short-circuited. And that's what we're dealing with here again, but with a lot less common sense. On the regular show, you hear me talk a lot about our addiction to comfort and we just want to get back to normal. And that's the real challenge here. Mm -hmm. There is nothing new under the sun, as you said off air, Steve. That's the real challenge on this because we have an abundance of evidence on this and we have for a very long time and we've put it forth on this show and people have tried to bury it in as many ways as they can do we want it or not or do we just want the cheap elixir of comfort and distraction and untruth we must work to create a dynamic at the local level and i mean states but like local local level where a an elected official whether that's a sheriff or school board member or county commissioner sees you coming to a town hall or a hearing or a forum and they say uh how high do you want me to jump you can only do that though you can only do that though there it just can't be one off it can't just be one of you it has to be you have to work to create a group of you at the local level that will be the constant drip, 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 drip in these people's ears to if they don't agree with you, they dread you. They dread you. Because who are you more likely to run into at the grocery store? Your U.S. senator, the president of the United States, or a sheriff's deputy, or your Great local point. sheriff, or your local uh, state representative? It's always going to be the latter. So where do you have the most opportunity to have influence? It's always going to be at the local level. That's a great place to end it. Kind of takes us full circle to where we began this from. Want to thank uh, all of you uh, who t- tuned in. First of all, uh, first and foremost, thanks to, to Dom and to Glenn and the whole team for giving us this opportunity uh, on an annual basis. To all of you for tuning in. Just remember, just 1% of those of you tuning in right now can make a huge difference. Just 1%. 5 or 10, an even huger one. Until January 9th when we return, John 317. This is the Glenn Beck Program.